Welcome to our Rock City Church podcast. We are so excited to have you join us. Our desire is that you would listen with expectancy for what God wants to do in your life. We pray that you would encounter the mighty love of the Father and that you would be fired up for the more that He has for you. Good morning. Great to see all of you. Thank you so much for being here. Today, I'm going to start a two-part series titled The Wisdom of Preparation. We're going to dive right on into it, so let's pray and we'll get into the Word, all right? Lord, thank you so much for this church. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in our lives. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this house. And we ask that whatever it is that you want to do, that you would do. I thank you so much, Lord, for speaking to us, quickening us by your spirit, strengthening us, giving us wisdom and understanding. And in this message, Lord, I pray that all of our hearts and ears and eyes would be open to see and receive and perceive what it is that you're saying and doing and how we can be prepared and ready without fear for what lies ahead. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you have your Bible with you, you can open it up to Genesis chapter 41 or your smartphone, your tablet, your iPad. You all should have the Bible loaded onto your smartphone or your tablets. I recommend the version Bible. I refer to it all the time. It has daily reading plans. It has basically all the versions of the Bible. It's the one I use the most on my phone. And then on my computer, I use Bible Gateway a lot. I do parallel Bible where I read different versions. And then I also pay for the monthly subscription. It's three or four dollars a month. And it gives me access to all the, the, uh, doc, the, the insights, the dictionaries, and the commentaries. And I learn a lot by reading those. I want to know context and content. So when I'm studying the word, I really have a deeper understanding of what I'm reading. This fall, we're going to be starting a Bible class, and we're going to be starting what I call a Kingdom Life class. The the Kingdom Life class will be 24 weeks. I will be teaching it. It'll be two semesters, and it'll be an intro to the entire Kingdom Life, all right? But then we're going to do a separate Bible class. So for those of you that are really wanting to learn the Bible from a practical standpoint, we'll be having that class starting this fall. So two classes starting this fall, all right? Genesis chapter 41 We're going to take a quick moment and focus on the life of Joseph, and we're talking about preparation for what lies ahead. We've experienced probably the craziest year that I have ever seen in my entire life, and I've been through a lot of adversity and hardship and hurricanes and storms and life crisis, but the truth is, is I've never seen or experienced a year like we've had in this last year with COVID, with all the hurricanes that happened last year, with the panic buying at the grocery stores, then throw in the five coldest days ever on record in the state of Texas. And um, then we had another round of panic buying at the grocery store. And as a pastor with hundreds of people that I get to oversee along with incredible leaders, I realized how many people were just not prepared. Uh, And of course, I get it. You know, who would have thought we would have had five insanely cold freezing days, freezes day after day after day, the way that we did power, water being shut off, water boil notices. It was really apocalyptic in my mind. And I thought, you know what? We are going to get better prepared. And we as a church family need to be better prepared. So uh, that's the focus of this week and next week. So we're going to take a quick look at Joseph. And uh, if you don't know the story of Joseph, you all should. It's absolutely incredible. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I love it to no end. You know, Joseph really had to overcome a lot of adversity. First, his own family, being jealous of him and the dreams that he was having and the favor that he had from his father, hence the coat of many colors. Then you have him being sold in, or thrown in a pit by his brothers, then sold into slavery, which is human trafficking, then being a uh, human trafficked into Potiphar's house, 
He had to overcome the pit. He had to overcome the slave traders. He had to overcome uh, being sold into Potiphar's house. He had to overcome Potiphar's super hot wife, right? Then he got lied about and slandered. He had to overcome that. Then he got thrown into prison. And in prison, instead of complaining and grumbling and saying, God, why would you ever do this to me? He grew stronger in wisdom and stature and actually became a dream interpreter in prison. So then he had to overcome the, the cupbearer and the, the uh, I'm sorry, the cupbearer and the baker who basically sold him out. And he had to really be faithful wherever God had him. And it was a lot of adversity and a lot of hardship. And we talk about suffering and adversity in this church. And the truth is, is God is in the overcoming. And you have to realize that God is in the overcoming. Some of you that are overcoming the club scene and parties and drugs and living promiscuous lifestyles and you're coming to Christ and you realize you don't want to live that life anymore, you still have to learn to overcome, which means trials and testing and temptations and trusting God to lead you away from the temptation. You find God in his forgiveness and his mercy and grace and his kindness and his love and the fact that he's always there no matter how many times we're idiots, right? So, so you've got to understand that. But at the same time, hurricanes, hardships, troubles, difficulties in this life, Jesus said in this world, you're gonna have trouble. So hurricanes, freezes, pandemics, crazy political systems, corrupt political systems, injustices in the justice system, the list goes on. So we are the standard on earth, not the substandard. We are the culture, not the subculture. But you have to start living like it. You have to understand the authority that God has put inside of you as a believer. You're a head, not a tail. And the challenge is, is when these difficult times come, if you don't have wisdom in advance, you're gonna find yourself feeling like a tail when you're not. So we're gonna talk about that. So Joseph interprets dreams. He's in prison. He gets called before Pharaoh. Pharaoh has dreams that none of his magicians and his wise men and astrologers, none of them can interpret the dream which is why I love dreams, because God speaks through dreams. You'll spend a third of your life sleeping. A third of the Bible came through dreams and visions, and yet we don't value them. We don't go to bed at night saying, God, please, I'm asking for wisdom and insight as I sleep. Even David said, though I sleep, my heart is awake. The reason why God speaks through dreams, there's several of them. One could be because we're not listening to him during the day, but that's not always the case because I listen to God during the day and he speaks to me in the night. But the other reason is because many of us see in pictures and, and there's a lot of different types of dreams. There's, there's warning dreams. There's insight dreams about your heart. There's heart condition dreams. Dreams that you're constantly having over and over again. Repetitive dreams. That God's showing you fears inside your heart, worries and doubts and he wants you to trust him more. There's spiritual warfare dreams. There's pizza dreams. There's drug-induced dreams. But dreams ultimately came from the Lord. And if we'll value them and we'll ask God to speak to us in the night, and instead of getting checked out on alcohol and drugs, we'll really make it a priority. Or the news, how about that? We have a, we have a pattern. I, I broke that cycle a while ago. I don't watch the news anymore. But I used to, 10 o'clock, news, bedtime. And I know that time right before bed is so important. So now I put on IHOP, I listen to worship, I, I 
feed my mind with the word of God so that when I go to bed, my mind is stayed on him because I don't want to miss the eight, seven, six, seven, eight hours of sleep that God may want to speak to me in. So Genesis 41, 28, this is Joseph speaking to Pharaoh. He says, this is the thing which I've spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he's about to do. Now understand, this is a, a idolatrous, demonic culture. They're not worshiping God, Jehovah. They don't know the God of Israel, but God's using a Hebrew, a young Hebrew man to influence an entire nation. God can turn the hearts, I'm gonna show you in Daniel, God can turn the hearts of a king and a ruler in a second. And what if God does wanna completely radically shift our government leaders' hearts and they have a terrorizing dream in the night that causes them to run to the Lord and all the while some of us were backstabbing them all along the way. You can't limit what God can do. That's why we must pray for our leaders. We have to pray for those that are in authority. It doesn't mean I like the policies and I'll stand against policies, but I'll pray for the leaders. You understand? So he says, God has shown Pharaoh what he's about to do. Indeed, seven years of, so he had two dreams. One is seven years of incredible plenty and one is seven years of famine. So he says, seven years of plenty will come throughout all the land of Egypt, but after them, seven years of famine will arise and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. Notice that. Because when the famine comes, you forget the good times. Seven incredible years of plenty, but when the famine hits, right here it is in the word, the people will forget how blessed they were prior. And the famine will deplete the land, so the plenty will not be known in the land because of the famine following, for it will be very severe. And the dream was repeated to Pharaoh twice because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh... This is this verse I really want us all to focus on this morning. I'm gonna read a few more, but think about this one. Therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man. Let's say this together. Say, Lord, make me discerning and make me wise. Because discerning and wise man can be set over the land even when the land is not honoring the Lord. You think little old you's insignificant? You're not. I'm sure Joseph probably thought that in the pit. As a slave in, Pharaoh, in Potiphar's house. A prisoner in prison. God can take a seemingly insignificant dreamer that no one knows and has lied and slandered about and put him in charge of the entire economy in a second. From a dreamer to an economic leader. Don't limit what God can do in your life. God can do the seemingly unexpected. In fact, he uses the weak things of this world to confound the wise of this world. In fact, in your weakness, his strength is made perfect. But the world tells you be stronger. The world tells you be greater and be bigger. God says, no, be less, be more broken, and just be the last. Because in the kingdom, the last is the first. The least is the greatest. So find a discerning and wise man. And I'm, I, I probably would suspect that Joseph wasn't thinking, me, 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 me. Right? I, I would bet you when Joseph said this, he wasn't thinking, look, 
You need a really bad-to-the-bone Hebrew Jehovah-worshiping leader in your kingdom. He probably wasn't thinking, hey, you need a wise and discerning. He probably wasn't thinking about himself. In fact, I'd almost bet you anything that he wasn't. Because in the kingdom, when you make yourself no reputation, God gives you a reputation. But the world says more followers, more Instagram, better pictures, more social media, bigger, better platforms and microphones and followers and building kingdoms unto ourselves. When you make yourself the least and you don't follow the way of the world, God puts his eye on you and promotes you and exalts you, but the cross always has to happen first. It's death to self. Verse 34, let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land and collect one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years. That's wisdom. Set aside one-fifth each year while you're plentiful while you have so that when, you, when the drought hits and the famine hits, you'll have enough stored up. And let him gather all the food, in the, of, the, all the food of those good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh and let him keep food in the cities then that food shall be as a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine which shall be in the land of Egypt that the land may, per- may not perish during the famine. Notice how concerned Joseph was for the land, meaning the people, even the ones you don't agree with. In fact, in the times of famine, when your leaf is green and you give to somebody that doesn't know the Lord, you can actually be an accurate representation of the Lord because the Lord even today is showering down rain and sunlight and producing fruit for everybody, the good and the wicked. And the people that are your neighbors that don't like you or maybe don't talk to you or the people that you know that don't love Jesus that think you're crazy, when hardship hits and you start providing for them, they're not gonna think you're so crazy. You actually store up out of love. You actually store up because you understand half of what you store up, you're gonna give away anyway. It's not me, myself, and I, or us four and no more. I already am storing up knowing when the next thing hits, I'll probably be giving half of it away. Now imagine a whole tribe of people with plenty. We need wise and discerning people. The kingdom is, should be filled with wise and discerning people. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse seven and eight. My life scriptures, this is, I, I love to no end these scriptures. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord, number one. So even when we talk about preparation, we have to understand that the primary focus is wisdom and discernment and, and uh, understanding the times and knowing what to do, like the sons of Issachar, but never being worried or afraid. In fact, I'm more fired up and excited that I get to preach this. I've never been as excited to preach this message. This is exciting times. I loved it when people were calling and say, hey, you got any extra PVC parts? You better believe I got three-quarter inch, I got half inch, I got... T posts and elbows and fixtures and I don't even know what you call them. Jeremy's the plumber. Oh, you need some firewood? Man, I got four cords of firewood. Oh, you need eggs? Here's 82 eggs. (laughs) 
And I didn't panic buy for toilet paper, so when we ran out of toilet paper, I had many of y'all bringing me toilet paper. So first is understanding your trust is in the Lord and your trust is in him and your hope is in him. Not the, I'm not reading the three or four verses prior to this that says, cursed is the man who puts his trust in man. The government's not your hope and you're not entitled to anything. No one owes you anything. So the man that puts his trust and hope in the Lord is what? Verse eight, like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and it will not fear when heat come. Guess what? Heat is coming. We had a cold winter, but I know what our summers are like. And not only do you, did you have rolling blackouts in the freeze, but you get rolling blackouts when it's 105 every single day because everybody's running their air condition. Heat's coming in a lot of different forms and ways. Now's the time to prepare. But you never fear when it comes. There's no fear. You're not like the world. The righteous are bold as a lion, Proverbs 28. The wicked flee when no one's even pursuing, meaning they're always scared about the next thing that's gonna happen. False evidence appearing real, it's fear. But God calls you to be lions, sheep to him, lions to the world. So we don't fear when heat comes, its leaf will be green. So when everybody else is, this is a great analogy right now. I probably could not have picked a better analogy than right now. I mean, just look at the trees. My landscaping that I spent way too much money on. (laughs) Sorry, my landscaper's here. I have to be careful what I say. dead (laughs) it's like depressing but in the spirit our leaves remain green when everyone else's is dead and brown you're designed to always have green leaves I could do a whole teaching on trees and leaves Year-round, we are fruit producers because we're planted by the water. I'm just gonna say this. The reason why it's not anxious in the year of drought and why it never ceases to yield fruit, look at the last part of scripture, is because I have deep roots that were planted long in advance. You gotta get some root systems planted deep now. Pick your tribe, find your family, get in your community. There's lots of great churches in this city. And I'm not comparing myself to one of them. Find your family and get plugged in. We don't church hop. We don't shop families. This isn't McDonald's or your favorite steak restaurant. And sometimes even here, you'll get a bad burger or a bad steak. But you know what? (laughs) Keep coming back. Now's the time to spread your roots. Now's the time to get community in your life. Now's the time to be prepared when there's no hurricanes, which hurricane season starts June 1st. It seems like at this point, every season is a crazy chaotic season. You never know what's coming. You should always be prepared at least for something to happen seven days in advance, at least. 
And I'm not walking in any fear because I know who I am. You should know who you are. You're sons and daughters of the living God. The creator of the universe that created every crazy wild thing in the depths of the sea lives inside the depths of your heart. So it's leaves always green. It doesn't fear when he, it's no anxiety. You know what happens when drought and freezes and no power and no water comes? Massive amounts of anxiety. And then you start acting just like the Israelites did in the desert. We have no water. It's no food. What are we ever gonna do? Let's go back to, let's go trust in our government. Maybe we all learned you can't even trust ERCOT and the electric AEP is jacked up. <laughs> so you gotta spread roots. Roots don't grow overnight. Roots don't grow once a week. We are a community of believers united together by Christ to stand together when chaos and crisis comes, but to reflect Christ in the midst of a chaotic world. The world's already in crisis. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world which is the word crisis in the Greek. Condemnation crisis is the same because the world's already in crisis. But you as the kingdom of God should never, ever, ever be in crisis. Ever. Get past yourself. Trust the process. Get over the dope, the drugs, the pot, the, the alcohol, the sleeping around, the bars, the clubs, the Netflix binging. Get past that. It's gonna kill you. You will not be prepared. We gotta get our eyes on Christ. So it never ceases to yield fruit. We spread our roots out now. We be planted in advance. Where? By the river. Everybody say, by the river. Amen. Say, plant me by the river. You can get planted a lot of places, but if there's no Holy Ghost and a move of the Spirit, you are planted in the wrong spot. You don't need a good Sunday morning, please my conscience, once a week church service. I did my church duty, now I feel good. Now God's pleased with me. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. You get planted by the river where the presence of God is because it's the presence of God that changes and transforms your life, not nice people. So our leaves stay green in the ear, drought, always bearing fruit with no anxiety. I want you to really see the no anxiety. We talk about mental illness a lot here. Mental illness is a hot topic in our society today. The way we have no anxiety is to go back to verse seven, verse seven, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. My hope is the Lord. I trust in the Lord. And because of that, I have deep roots now. Listen, I've been, we have been through countless hurricanes, the loss of a child, lost businesses, I've lost a home, I've been buried alive, I've had pneumonias, I've almost died from asthma attacks. We've survived COVID, which we both had. We went through crazy freezes like we all did. And my house is stronger on the rock than it's ever been. And yours is too, because you're still here standing. It's not about me, this is us. And if my house stands and y'all's house sinks, I failed as a pastor. 
Discerning the times, Daniel 2, verse 21. You're gonna like this. And he, God, changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. You need wisdom and knowledge, but first you need to get understanding. In all you're getting, get understanding. Don't be ignorant which means an agnostic. It means I, it comes from the Greek word agnoi. Have encounters with God. Yesterday we had our volunteer meeting. I really don't like using that word anymore, able minister meeting, because nobody works for free in the kingdom. God rewards and honors those that work. And so I said, the meeting started out where all the workers came up and then the elders and team leaders laid hands on them. We were crying, weeping, laughing. And then I reversed it and I had all the, the uh, able ministers and workers turn around and laid hands on us. And we prayed for one another and we wept and we cried and we had encounters and God showed up. We laughed, we prayed in the spirit. We fell on our face because we want encounters with the living God. We don't want nice, comfortable church. That's why we believe in the supernatural. It's why we go after the supernatural. Otherwise, we have a bunch of principles and behavior modification, and we're not having encounters with the living God. And you want to save the next generation, which is really who we should be focused on, and actually two, three, four generations. This isn't about 2021 or 2024. This is about 2054. And what's gonna stand the test of time? Fires of revival or nice, pretty church? So God gives more wisdom and knowledge to those who have understanding. So start by getting understanding. God, who are you and who am I? Let's say that together. God, who are you and who am I? I pray that prayer all the time. The minute I think I have God figured out, and I stopped praying that prayer. No, I'm more desperate today. In fact, I prayed this prayer also, Lord, show me how you feel about me. I wanna know, Father, what you think about me. I'm a words of affirmation guy. God gives the best words of affirmation. You're my son. I love you. I've accepted you in the beloved. You're the seed of Abraham. My son died for your sins. Now don't pick them up and live in condemnation anymore. I've set you free. I value you, I cherish you for who you are. Great plans for your life. I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'm gonna better the end of a thing than the beginning. It just starts downloading love and care and compassion and his word upon me. And it strengthens my soul. So when my soul gets downcast like David, you say, oh my soul, why are you downcast? Put your hope, he's speaking to yourself, put your hope in the Lord. What's your soul? Your mind, your will, your emotions, how you think and how you act. Those very things that cause you to run to the things of this world, now God says, run to me and I'll comfort your mind, your will, and your emotions and your heart. First Chronicles 12, 32. Taught on this lot not long ago of the sons of Issachar. These were all the, the tribes and people loyal to King David. Promoting him to be king at Hebron and then ultimately Jerusalem. And they said, that this, these people, the sons of Issachar, had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. 
Their chiefs were 200 and their brethren were at their command. So they knew two things. They understood the times and they knew what to do. Jesus didn't leave us clueless about the times. I live my life as if he's coming back tonight, but I plan as if he's, I'm gonna go be with him before he comes back. I plan for my kids' kids and my grandchildren's grandchildren. It could be five, six, seven, 10 generations. I don't know how long it's gonna be before the Lord comes back, but it could be tonight. And I don't wanna be caught unaware and hear the trumpet sound in the middle of the night and go, who's raiding my house? Which my house doesn't need to be raided for anything. So we understand the time between times. Jesus came once, resurrected, he's coming again. Now you're living in a span of time. It will end. We all are dust in the wind. It's we flourish, bloom, sun, wind, hits it, fade away, here comes another one. Days are rushing by, and so we need understanding of the times. We need to always be watchful and always ready for what lies ahead in the natural and the spiritual, but way more important is the spiritual preparation. So much so to the point of taking no thought or worry about tomorrow. Matthew 6, 25, this is why I tell you, this is Jesus talking, this is why I tell you, never be worried about your life. So when I talk about preparation, I got a whole list for you, and we're gonna give it to you in the coming weeks of things I think you should do in the natural, which is spiritual, but we're talking in the natural and the spirit. We're not to worry about our life. All that you need will be provided. Food, water, clothing, everything your body needs. Isn't there more to your life than a meal? Isn't your body more than clothing? Clothing. Consider the birds. Do you think they're worried about their existence? They don't plan or reap or store food, yet your heavenly Father provides. I want you to see that. Your heavenly Father provides each of them with food. Aren't you much more valuable to your Father than they? So which one of you by worrying could add anything to your life? So what this is saying is not don't prepare. What it's saying is don't live in fear and worry. And understand the Father, because there's no way I could fully understand everything that's coming or be prepared for everything, which is why I need you and I need you and I need you. Because you're a part of 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 a part. And we're all one big jigsaw puzzle thousand piece jigsaw puzzle that God is connecting and putting together. And so the thing that I might not have or be lacking, you have. It also happens that way in the word, in the spirit. If I think I have it all figured out and I know it all, we got a problem. That's why I married my wife because she's opposite of me and brings lots of perspective and understanding totally different than how I would see things and vice versa. Hence in marriage, we become greater together than separate. It's the same mystery with the church. You have insight and knowledge about things or things even stored up that I may not know. So when hardship comes, I may say, dang it, I forgot to buy an extra pack of toilet paper. Who's got some toilet paper? Who's got some propane? Who's got some wood? Who's got some eggs? Who's got some oil? Who's got some fill in the blank? Now we work together both in the natural and in the spirit. It's called community, common unity. It's a tribe, it's a family, both in the spirit to advance the kingdom, but to stand together when the wind and the rain and the floods and the storms come. Because remember, the wind and the rain and the floods and the storms beat on everybody's house, on the sand and the rock. So if a hurricane hits here, guess whose house it's hitting in the bluff? My old 1940s house, right here in the bluff. It's gonna hit your house. It's gonna hit the Satanist house. It's gonna hit the atheist house. It's gonna hit the pagan's house. 
and suddenly we're all gonna be in it together, but one person's gonna stand out from the other because it wasn't about stones and wood and bricks. It was about a heart that's resilient in who they are in Christ. So we're not to fear your doubt, but rather have confident trust. No fear, but rather wisdom and preparation and not being lazy or sluggard. Proverbs 6, verse 6 through 11. Go to the ant, you sluggard. I'll say that again. Go to the ant, you sluggard. You know what a sluggard is? I like this word. It's got a lot of definitions, lazy, procrastinator, poor work ethic. But this is my favorite definition, habitually inactive. Where are you at? Where are my homies at? I mean it. You cannot be inactive right now. Sitting about your jobs, your careers, your bank accounts, and even storing stuff up, and end time preppers, I'm gonna hunker down in my little underground bunker. No, I'm gonna be out saving people's lives. Sure, I'll protect my family. But this isn't about our own lives. This is about laying it down for everyone else. That's what Jesus did. Follow, follow Jesus' example. And some of you are like, man, you're really active in the marketplace, but when it comes to the local church, where are you at? And I will jump on that because I love you. Your investment of your talents is way more important than Bitcoin or the stock market. And I have money in both because I invest and I work really hard. I'm a very hard worker. I've always had a work ethic in my life. And I teach my employees at my coffee shops to have a very hard, good work ethic. And they learn and they grow. And then when they leave coffee waves, they leave stronger than when they came. And we have little to tur- no turnover at our shops. But some of us are active in one area, but not active in the kingdom. And I'm gonna challenge you right now, your greatest investment is your time and your talents in the kingdom of God, because that's gold and silver and stands the test of time. Anything that's wood, hay, or stubble will burn in the fire. And there's a fire coming, and I wanna build with gold, diamonds, jewels. How about y'all? I mean, I, my life in the natural be so much easier focusing on raising herds of goats and sheep which my wife would be very happy if I did that. I could be milking goats all day long. I could start an egg business. She's starting, she's got an epic garden come. We could do a whole, we could take the whole homesteading thing to the next level. YouTube channels and getting compensated for followers and we could go to the whole next level. That's not my priority. When we were living in Port Aransas, we were riding fat tire bikes to Roberts Point Park, watching the dolphins swim under our feet at the sunset, and I had my coffee shop, and we were living in a little beach house with 40 palm trees, with swinging hammocks. Swaying palm trees trees and swinging hammocks. Thank you. (laughs) But our life is not our own. We, we would have everything in the natural and be miserable by missing the call of God on our hearts and our lives. God has a much bigger call on your life than the American dream, which is not God's dream. I'll never retire, but you better believe I'm gonna have a fat hundreds of thousands of dollar retirement fund so that I can focus more on the kingdom. I'll never stop, but I'll pay all my debts and have more to give away to y'all and to the church when I'm 60 and 65, 10 years from now. You'll be here, God willing. So don't be a sluggard. 
Go to the ant, consider his ways and be wise. They have no captain, no overseer or ruler, and they pr- uh, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. And you'll go, what happened? There's a five-day freeze and I'm not ready. No water, no propane, no showers. Like an armed man. Hurricane, there's no... We know hurricane season's coming. I pray against hurricanes. We will pray against hurricanes. I don't like hurricanes. But where we live at the end of Waldron Road, it can be a beautiful sunny day and the power goes out and there's a power plant about a block from my house. But the power goes all the way down to Flower Bluff Drive, down Flower Bluff Drive, and I'm the last on the grid. And I'm a block from it. And power's house. Like, what's going on? It's a sunny blue sky day. So consider the ant. They don't even have a, that's the point. We have a king, an overseer, a ruler. They're preparing, they're so tiny. Look at this, verse, Proverbs 30, verse 24. The earth has four creatures that are very small, but very wise. The feeble ant has little strength. It can lift 20 times, you know this, right? 20 times its body weight. Yet look how it diligently gathers its food in the summer to last throughout the winner. So we want to prepare for the future, which is a true mark of wisdom. So first, let me say, we got to stop this panic buying thing. This is crazy. So you know how you avoid panic buying? In about, in about two weeks from now, right in the middle of winter and hurricane season, when nobody remembers last hurricane season or the freeze, when all the milk and all the stuff gets stocked up, every time you go to the store, you buy a little extra. You don't panic buy. I don't want to go to H-E-B and find you with five shopping carts six feet high. This is going to be a problem. You would be part of the problem. So you start to think in advance. Like for me, I had tons of extra PVC. I, I actually, you'll be shocked at this, went to my neighbor's house and fixed some of her broken pipes. I can fix a PVC pipe now. Not always, but most of the time. So I got extra PVC cement and CPVC because somehow it's a CPVC and I have all these extra things so that I could help my neighbors. And I was over there in the barn, in her barn, standing in horse manure, fixing a, a broken pipe. So be prepared in advance. And when things are easy and available and in stock, know your seasons. So I made a list of things. I'm gonna go over it quickly, really fast. You ready? You guys ready? Here we go. What if there's no water? Well, have backup water. One great thing is to get a 30-gallon storage tank from Tractor Supply and get a little faucet attachment to it. Another great thing, so you can store up some extra water. Then you can buy water tablets on Amazon that are like 10 bucks that you can turn non-potable water into potable water. Do you know that? 10 bucks. How about a, 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 a rainwater catcher? You can get those at Tractor Supply too or find them online. Catch your rainwater. You can use that to flush your toilet. 
you know that? Flush your toilet. Do you ever think, what am I going to do? No water. The toilets is a problem. Get some five-gallon jugs. That's another thing we did, is we just bought some five-gallon jugs. So we have a few laying around that we could fill at the Water Windmill Express. By the way, if you're going to use Water Windmill Express, use the one in our parking lot, because they pay this church rent. Little PSA right there. <laughs> so keep a few extra cases of water on hand at all times. Don't, so that when the water shortage happens, which we had, how many water boils have we had in the last three, four, five years? So just keep, keep some extra water on hand so that when it, there's a two-hour line at HEB, you're sitting at home drinking some water. And then when somebody calls you and says, hey, <clears throat> or we post something, say, hey, you got any water? Yeah. We got some extra water. Did you see the lines when the city was providing water? They were like, <laughs> they were miles long. And guess who wasn't in that line? Now, I'm not shaming you if you were. I'm just telling you I wasn't. <laughs> Maybe consider getting a well. You can put in wells. There, we have a well. There is well water in this area. So consider putting in a well. And then if you get a well, you're going to need to insulate it and do some other things to it. Uh, consider getting uh, a uh, water filtration system for it or a pond or a filtra the filtration tablets. Some of you can't put in a pond. We put in a pond because we have a little bit of land. But there's a lot of things that you can do to prepare in advance for the water situation. Uh, again, like catching rainwater. Uh, also have extra wipes on hand because if you're not showering for three or four days, you're taking a wipe, wipey shower. I know that you're thinking this is funny on a Sunday morning, but it's important. So food, canned food, can openers, long-term food items, MREs. You know, you, there's tons of long-term food companies out there now. In fact, there's websites that compare all of them together. And there's organic uh, freeze-dried fruits and vegetables and all kinds of other things. And so consider getting some, right? So that you have extra in the time of crisis. You know, you can buy a pallet of long-term food from any of these companies that last 25 years. Uh, every now and then I'll go to Sam's. I bought an extra storage container for my garage where I keep canned food. So I'll go to Sam's and buy cases of soups that last two, three years. Things like peanut butter, ramen, canned goods, crackers, oil, things that last time, right? Uh, then considered powdered milk and freeze-dried foods. Consider getting some chickens, Grow a garden. Get extra paper plates and plasticware because you won't be able to wash your stuff if there's no water. Yes, get extra toilet paper and paper towels, right? Consider, consider getting a refresh it. They're $30 on Amazon. I'm gonna tell you right now, this is the best thing in my house. It's basically, it's a bidet. And it rinses you out. You don't need toilet paper. So it's $30, $40. It's easy to put on your toilet. I'm telling you, they are awesome. What if there's a loss of power? You guys are going to, that's all you're going to remember about my message today. I know y'all. Wow. There's going to be a run on refresh. It's on Amazon. <laughs> Ask my wife. I love this thing. We use it all the time.
This message just went to the toilet. Literally. So look, everybody should have a generator. Everybody should. Save your money and get a generator. And only use gas from Rudy's that doesn't have ethanol. Because, and, and if you do use other kind of gas, make sure you put fuel stabilizer in it. If you don't run your generator within a month, the carburetor clogs up. And then next thing you know, it's hurricane season and you, your power goes out you can't start your generator. So use, use gas, keep gas somewhat fresh. Get gas from Rudy's, the only place in town that I know of that sells ethanol-free free gas because ethanol is added water and then in turn that causes the carburetors to clog up. Consider getting a generator that runs on propane and gas. We have two of them. I loaned them both out. So that if you can't get gas, you can run on propane. Did you see the lines at the propane place? They were an hour and a half to fill one propane tank. With that, buy some extra propane tanks and fill them now. Fill them when no one's there. Okay? Get a, get a hookup to your house. Get an electrician to hook up to your house and get a generator that can at least run a few things on your house. Your refrigerator, some fans, maybe a window AC. Consider putting in a window AC in one of your rooms because if there's no air condition, y'all can huddle out at least in the room that you sleep in. I would also encourage you to get a backup generator and with that, I'm going to, this message was not sponsored by uh, Generac, but I'm gonna make a PSA on it because here's why. We got a 22,000 watt backup generator for our house that can run on natural gas or propane. If you get a backup generator from Generac here in town, the owner will, will donate $250 to Rock City Church, which we will put in a fund that will go to a disaster relief. Now he offered me the money. I don't want the money. Let's put the money in a disaster relief account. If you do not have, if you, if you can afford it, I financed one. So I'm gonna tell you right now, we had power when all the power was out. And it ran, it'll run for three weeks to a month on a 500-gallon propane tank. But if you have natural gas to your house, it'll keep running nonstop. And this, this you got it. If you can afford it, I highly recommend that you do it. And again, tell them, Rock City, if you go to the Generac store, it's here on SPID. You can look it up. Tell them Rock City sent you and $250 will come back to the church and we'll put it in a disaster relief fund that we'll use to help people in the times of crisis. Uh, So get backup gas like I told you about. Uh, Have a grill, have a camping stove, propane camping heater. The Cadenas were huddled around one of those little propane heaters with the the little green tanks. And then we were trying to get green tanks, but they were out everywhere in town. So get an extra case of those. Get a little camping stove. So the list goes on. I'm going to run out of time. Extra medicine, solar battery power chargers so that you can charge your batteries from the sun. Have extra uh, food for your animals, extra medicine for your animals, extra cleaning supplies, batteries, flashlights, firewoods, fire logs, because some people, I realized, don't know how to start a fire. And there were no fire logs to be found. How about a food sealer to seal your food longer? First aid kits. We also have an on-demand propane shower heater for camping that I use for elk hunting. So if it got really bad, I was gonna hook up the propane shower and we were gonna be showering outside in the freezing cold. But when you need a hot shower, uh, Amber says she would never do that. (laughs) 
So the list goes on. What if your internet's out? What if your cell service is out? Know your neighbors. Know your friends from church. Know where they live. Consider satellite internet or satellite hotspots or long-range two-way radios. I have handheld radios that'll reach 25 miles. Always have some extra cash from the bank. What if the banks are closed down and you have no money? Consider investing into some silver and some gold as well. Be debt-free. I'm on a mission to get debt-free. Diversify your investments. Simplify and streamline your life. The convenience and luxury things that you have, maybe you can come back, cut back on now. Cut back on the things that keep you back from your greater calling. Don't store your treasure up on earth. Your cars rust, things rust, thief, thieves steal, moths. Store your treasure in heaven. Okay, so life's not about quality. I'm sorry, quantity, it's about quality. What would you rather have, quantity of life or quality of life? Bingo. So think about things that you are, are purchasing and buying that are putting you in debt that maybe you don't really need, okay? Think about the things that are making a positive difference in the lives of others. Acts 2.46, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. I want simplicity of heart. I don't wanna be stressed and worried and anxious about the cares and the affairs of this world. I won't be able to war properly if I am. So they praised God and had favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily, plan to give away what you have. Be ready mentally, physically, and spiritually. Even what you have, God says, you're gonna give away. Share it. Buy some extra with the mindset. That's true love. I care about you. So next week, we're gonna talk about, we're gonna focus way more on spiritual preparation. You know, in Luke 9 and 10, Jesus told his disciples when they went out into the mission field, don't take a money bag, your staff, or any extra clothes. But then do you know in Luke 22, he said, take extra. You know why? Because he wants your soul dependency first on him, not your stuff. And when you're dependent on him, your stuff won't have you, you'll have it. The borrower is subject to the lender and you get yourself caught up in massive amounts of debt, caught up, it'll bring fear, worry. It causes you to, to always be chasing after the money and now your trust becomes in mammon and not in God. You're his children. He's a good dad. Get your roots spread by the water. And ask the Lord, God, how do I need to spread my roots deeper? As I pray for you, then I'll let you go. Close your eyes, please. Just pray for you sitting right there. I, there is an urgency of the hour, beloved. There is an urgency of the hour. There is an urgency of the hour. Storms are coming. Storms are coming. And they're gonna come in lots of different ways the economy, world events, weather systems and weather patterns. Whew, man, I just feel the Lord on this so strong right now. I just see God awakening your hearts with fresh vision. Just ask him, Lord, give me fresh vision. Tell him, Lord, I don't wanna be a sluggard and I don't wanna put my treasure in the things of this world. We're gonna invest into eternity now. We invest into eternity now. Help us to be wise, Lord, and not storing up for ourselves, but even storing up to help our neighbors and to give away.
to lay our lives down for one another, no matter the cost. Our life is not our own. We teach our children that. Otherwise, they'll be entitled. I break that poverty mindset. Poverty's not gonna come on you like a thief in the night or like a robber. I break fear. Some of you have a lot of anxiety. See yourself as a royal priesthood. Let's just say it under your breath to the Lord. I am a royal priesthood. Show me what that means, Lord. Show me what that means. I'm a, we are a royal priesthood, kings and priests. We're gonna shift the city. We're gonna be prepared. When the world doesn't know where to turn, guess who they're turning to? Us, God's people. Father, I thank you for wisdom, discernment, and understanding. To know the times and what we ought to do to prepare in advance, to trust you, put our trust in you. Blessed is the man who puts his hope and trust in the Lord. I declare you mighty trees planted by the water, the rivers of living water with deep roots that spread spread wide. Spread wide, sons and daughters. Let your roots, I'm speaking nourishment into your life right now. The sun and the water of the living God, the light of God to shine bright in your hearts right now. The urgency of the hour in confidence, no fear, no worry. I break that fear right out of you. Stop chasing the dollar. You can't serve two masters. We don't serve mammon. We don't serve money. We don't serve materialistic things. We serve the king of kings. Lord, make us wiser than an ant. That's a good prayer. They don't even have a ruler, but we do. We have a chief, an author, finisher of our faith. Make us wiser than an ant, Lord. And I bless you. I bless your marriages, your homes. Now's the time to become one. Now's the time to be unified. Now's the time to work. Now's the time to be active. Get your priorities in line. Lord, show us what our right priorities should be and how to align them with your priorities. And we thank you for that. And I bless you all. Dreams, visions, the wisdom of Joseph, the wisdom of Joseph, the wisdom of Joseph, the wisdom of Joseph, the dreamer. I bless you all as you go to never fear or panic by, but to trust in the King of Kings and to be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. I bless your life, your family, your marriage, your kids, your finances, your jobs. I bless everything you put your hand to, speak life to you, and that the Lord would make his face to shine upon you, that he would keep you and hedge you in. So I love you and I bless you in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please subscribe and share it with your friends. And if you want to partner with us in what God is doing here at Rock City, you can give by visiting our website at rockcitycorpus.com give.